0: Thank you. Thank you, Erin. Nice to be here. And I want to remind everybody, please uh, be patient. I'm in a hotel, I'm in the Hampton Inn actually. And um, it says, it keeps flashing, my internet connection is unstable. So if you can't hear me every once in a while, just hang in there, it'll click back in. But it hasn't misbehaved in a few minutes. So I'll cross my fingers. First of all, I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm just beside myself. I used to have to fly out to LA to speak at this meeting. And I want to thank Leslie, for asking me to speak. It's wonderful to see so many people here that I haven't seen in a very long time. I mean, honestly, I just feel like it's my posse. I'm in the middle of my, I'm in the middle of the herd because um, the wolves pick the ones off on the outside. That's where I wanna be. I wanna be in the middle of the herd and I feel like that tonight. So thank you so much for asking me. So my typical format is as follows, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. So what was it like? Um, I was born a compulsive overeater. That's it. Uh, I, I do not hold any person, place, thing, idea, situation, or circumstance responsible for my compulsive overeating. I had, um, I would say, a very good childhood in some people's eyes. In my eyes, it was good and bad. I was raised in a rural uh, area in Amish country in Pennsylvania. I'm not Amish. But, and I would. my grandfather had a farm. We had animals, chickens. I would go every weekend, play with the cows and all that. Very idyllic, bucolic farm life. Um, We butchered animals um, to eat and um, we grew our own vegetables in the garden. We didn't hardly ever go to, there weren't any restaurants when I was in those days for us to go out to. Went to a small town school and um, it was just a wonderful life, except I ate from day one. I just ate from day one, I've always fought my weight. And um, I heard this phrase, you might not have heard it, you're such, you're such a pretty girl, you have such a pretty face. <laughs> it's like a stab to the heart, you have such a pretty face. So that was always painful for me. And um, so when my dad, my dad got killed uh, in, my, in the coal mines when I was 16 years old, <clears throat> and um, of course, that catapulted me to come to Southern California. I got out of the tiny coal mining town, oh, and they filmed two movies uh, near my hometown. Some of you might know it. one of them was the Deer Hunter with Bob de Niro, Robert de Niro, and the other one was um, Witness with um, Harrison Ford so that goes to show you the kind of country that I grew up in very rural deer hunters, coal miners, flannel shirts, um, you know guns in the back of their trucks, which by the way they're all they're all good guys by the way so Came to California, and I just ate. I just ate. And, um, but in, when I was eating, I um, was climbing the corporate ladder, by the way, also. And uh, so I became uh, I had a position and occupation where I had a private secretary. But let me back up here. Um, my birth date is July 28, 1989. I came in. I got abstinent. My first meeting was on 24th in Wilshire by Jack in the Box, if it's still there that little house where they lawn bowl there on Wilshire Boulevard and um, it was my first meeting and um, then I um, gained and lost 700 pounds here's my food my food biography I I'm five foot eight I've weighed two sixty two pounds I've weighed one eleven I weighed 140 160 180 I gained and lost 700 pounds up down up down up down my entire pre-OA career of fighting weight and fighting food, and um, because I had a very lucrative career, I've been to doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, psychiatrists, nutritionists, fat farms, cosmetic surgeons, clairvoyants, fortune tellers. I have been to Europe, and I've tried things over there that will never be legal here through the FDA. If you promised me that you could keep me skinny, I wrote you a check. I mean, I went to a psychiatrist one year at UCLA campus. She's still being published around the world. She's an international psychiatrist. Um, I went to her for one year solid five days a week. And the only day I took off was Thanksgiving because it's Thursday. And I mean, and I I, believe me, I, I have therapist friends, I have psychiatrist friends, I have nutritionist friends. They're all noble professions, but not one of them ever, ever touched my compulsive overeating. As a matter of fact, when I went to a psychiatrist, it was always about me. I felt worse when I left because I did not have an answer. I mean, I could hold you spellbound about my sad childhood, my adolescence or whatever, but it's not gonna, you know, it didn't do me any good. That was not solution oriented, those treatments that I I sought. So here I am, size four, size 24, size 16, size 10, up and down 700 pounds for 25 years before I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, it was not unusual for you to see me in a bikini at Will Rogers Beach in a leather white string bikini in July. And then six months later, at a Christmas party, I would be in a size 24 black velvet muumuu with the coarse, with the poinsettia corsage on my, on, I'd be, I'd be I gained 120 pounds, I like can six months, and I could do that. And, and you would come up to me and say, what the hell happened to you? And I would say, and this is early 80s, right? I would say, well, don't you know that son of a gun president or or whoever or this European country or animal cruelty? Everything was my business. Everything was my business except me. And I'm eating over everything and I'm I'm a media addict at that time. I mean, the world could not make a move without me witnessing it. I mean, I felt as if I was spinning the planet. I had to walk outside my front door every 15 minutes and spin the planet so it wouldn't fall off its axis. So I went on all these diets, starved, got skinny, and then I loved getting skinny because that means I could eat my way back up for the next six months and nobody would even notice. I would love it. When I was 260 pounds, I used to make shopping lists of what I'm going to buy in six months after I lose all this weight, because I'm gonna jump in bed with all my friends, draw the drapes, disconnect the phone, sugar, salt, sugar, salt. And I was like such good friends with the pizza delivery guy. I almost had to buy him a Christmas gift one year. I mean, that's what how good friends we were. And that was my, my vacation. I took vacations to eat and isolate. I mean, I went back to my, cor- my corporation. They'd say, where'd you go for your vacation? Went to the Mediterranean, went to, no. I jumped in bed, drew the drapes, disconnected the phone, and jumped in bed with all my friends. Sugar, salt, sugar, salt, sugar, salt. Went into a food coma, passed out, woke up, rewind the videotape in those days. That was my vacation. That was live and large to me in those days, live and large. Then I'd run to the mirror and look at my size 24, 262 pound body and cry my eyes out that I'm getting fat. Then I'd run downstairs to the kitchen to comfort myself with food because I was getting fat. It was insanity, it was total insanity. And the bad part about this was, um, you know, I was an executive and I'm uh, a private secretary. And uh, so I would be this five foot eight, 262 pound pissed off witch slithering throughout the halls of my office. And, or I, cause I was hot it's summer, it's Santa Monica, Third Street Promenade, and my, so my underwear's digging in me, and it's my, I have a pressure job, and I would just take people's heads off, because I'm fat and I'm angry, because my medication was just making me crazed. Then flip that coin, I would go on a diet, and I'd skinny down to 121 pounds at five foot eight, and I would come into this, I would be the same personality, slithering, ticked off, slithering witch throughout the halls of that office. Why? I didn't have my medication. You could not make me happy. Excess food was my enemy and no food was my enemy. So I was between the devil and the deep blue sea. So I mean, I went through secretaries like you people change underwear. No wonder my secretary called in sick a lot. I was terrible to work for. I mean, I wasn't cruel, overtly cruel. But I was just rude, discourteous. I did not regard her as a human being at all or any of those gals that work for me because it was all about me. Heavy ticked off, skinny ticked off. So what happened is, you know, stopping eating, I'll tell you what stopping eating did for me. Absolutely nothing. Stopping eating had no significant impact upon my life other than to gradually make it so painful. I had to go back to the eating. I had to bury myself in the excess food. I had no other medication with which to govern and to, to go through life with except excess food. I had no tools. I would stand in front of the refrigerator look for answers to my life. If I had to meet a uh, really a butthole client the next morning. I ate a large pizza the night before to prepare. Did you hear that insanity? I ate a large pizza to prepare for my client the next morning. And I had to be in tip top shape the next morning and know what the hell I was talking about. Let me hurry up and down to pizza. So that was my life. Skinny fat, skinny fat, up and down 700 pounds. And I never could stay thin. Because why? Because food was my medication. Food coated the nerves. It took the edge off. It helped me change reality. It helped me procrastinate and not feel guilty. It helped me lie to you and not feel guilty. And I could—I was a different person for every one of you. There's 138 people on this on this board. I could never have a party with all of you in the room. I was a different person with every one of you. I was a chameleon. I did not know myself. I did not have myself. So, um, and then. I hung around with two gals. They called us Charlie's Angels. We all got skinny at one time, and we all got obese at, at one. They, they had the same disease I did, Charlie's Angels. How do you like that? And one of them killed herself because she was heavy, and the other one died of childhood diabetes because she, they both died of this disease. And the gal who took her life used to be reed thin, and when they buried her, she was weighed 340 pounds, and they, they could not put her in a casket. So they had to cremate her because a casket, trivial information here, is only 24 inches wide. They actually break your bones to get you in there. She could not fit in a casket, they cremated her. So I lost my two girlfriends. And so what do you, how do you think I mourned? I jumped in bed and I ate my brains out and I gained like 60 pounds. That's how I mourned. So I had to go. I was out of ideas. I wasn't out of money. I was out of doctors, lawyers, and all those professionals that I thought could keep me skinny. They all told me, you know, I would get these 18-year-old girls at these, these labs wearing white labs coats telling me how to eat. Are you kidding me? I'm a nutritional wizard. I've been to so many nutritionists. I should have a PhD in it. But see, the difference, the problem with me is a compulsive overeater of my type. I have all the information and I know how to eat, but I do not have the power to apply it. That was the catch. I do not have the power to apply it. So I had to go. So my two girlfriends, one took her life and one died, I planned my suicide. I planned my suicide. I wrote my eulogy, I designed my tombstone, and I was sitting in my kitchen in my condominium in Santa Monica on Washington and 10th at the time, and I'm writing my eulogy and I'm crying my eyes out because you know what, I, I, I don't wanna go. I, I don't wanna go. But there was not an answer for me. The yellow pages in my phone book were dog-eared. I've been through them so many times looking for, are you gonna help me? Are you gonna be the doctor who's gonna help me? What is wrong with me? Are you gonna help me? I would look at these guys pleading. And you know, as I said, they were not solution oriented. I mean, they, they put the burden back on me to get better. Of myself, I am weak. I'm a liar, I'm weak, and I'm terrified. So, um, any case, so I planned my suicide. This is June of 1989, and my girlfriend, who doesn't even come to come to OA, said, why don't you try this program, Overeaters Anonymous? And I did. I walked into that place at 24th and Wilshire, and guess what, I found all of you. I found all of you. I found people in there who were tortured by compulsive overeating. And not only were you not eating, you didn't want to eat. It was not a white-knuckle club because I have joined those white knuckle food clubs. They're out there now. They're advertising all the time in January. I white knuckled for nine months. That's, That's the most I could ever white knuckle. But that meeting that day in Santa Monica in June of 1989 showed me that your house burned down, your kid wrecked the motorcycle, you lost your job, you broke your fingernail. Not only did you were not eating, you did not want to eat. I wanted that freedom. I want. I know how to get skinny. I could get skinnier than I am now. But I mean, I want the peace of the freedom of not food, not calling me. So what did I do? I was. I fell in with some kick-ass, hard-ass, big book thumpers. Let me tell you, they are not this free to be me, free to be you. It is their way or there's the door. And I thank God they got me kicked my ass. And I got a sponsor. I got into these steps. She met me every week for one hour. I got a posse. I have a posse of people all over the world today. I got in the middle of the herd, as I said, because the wolves picked the ones off on the outside. And you know what happened? My steps got bigger and my body got smaller. Now, when I used to go to these, and you know, thank God, I mean, these places that I would go to like spas, now they're so sophisticated, you know, in those days, I'm so thankful that Barry, you know, sur- some surgical procedures were not available, or I would have had them. I'd have paid for anything. I'd have paid for any. I thank God I never had surgery, nothing. The only thing that got me thin was Overeaters Anonymous and keeps me healthy body weight of the 12 steps. So I got a sponsor, I came in here, got the steps, I sponsored people, I did, I did service, and I surrounded myself with all of you. And over time, I just dropped 121 pounds. I melted like a stick of hot butter in a hot frying pan. I mean, because why? The steps got bigger and my body got smaller. And so my sponsor has taught me, my sponsors, I have only only a few sponsors, not many, because when I attach myself to good people, I don't really want to. But then, um, so now I got an OA. I went to like seven meetings a week, believe it or not, because... I knew this was the life that I was going to be leading. I, I mean, just like it says in some, some of these spiritual books, I picked up my bed and I followed you. I knew that I was going to be a disciple of this way of life. I was going to give up everything in the world to follow all of you. I knew it. I was going to give up my lucrative career, all my material abundance that I had acquired because of my career. I was ready to doo do can the whole thing because I knew I was gonna live this 12 step way of life. Of course, it turns out as all of you know, you don't have to give up anything. You just wanna have to be willing to do it. And I'm not talking material stuff. I meant my paradigms, my thought process. So that's what I did. I just dropped, dropped the weight a day at a time and it's still a day at a time. And so that's what happened to me. I came into OA and I grabbed this program with both hands and I have never let go. Ever, I was on a 12-year levitating honeymoon. I mean, you could—you had to strap me to the sidewalk. That is how fabulous I thought this is. I think this program is. It released me from being a bondage to food and my obsessive mind and thinking about food. I am free from compulsive overeating and thinking about it today. 99% of the time and you're talking to a person who you, you're looking and talking to a person who used to sit on the toilet and binge, who used to out, reach out of the shower and binge. He used to like almost run over mothers in the crosswalk with strollers, get that kid out of the way, I'm, I'm trying to run home here, you know, so my food doesn't get hot. I would drive through six restaurants at a time in those days and, and teeter totter the styrofoam boxes on the passenger side of my seat and could not wait till I flew into my garage Close the door, disconnected the phone, draw the drapes, get my nightgown on, tube socks, shut the air conditioner down to 65, jump in bed with all my friends. Sugar salt, sugar salt, sugar salt. That was the biggest high to me. That was the high of my life. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that <laughs> since July of 1989. So... That was it. That's what happened. And that's what, so what's it like now? Well, I live in Northern Michigan. I moved from you from 20 years ago. And I moved voluntarily, by the way. Um, I, have had this man who dragged me down the aisle, did not want to get married, but I'm still pissed about it. Anyway. Um, I got married 20 years ago and, um, and I moved to Northern Michigan voluntarily. It's, it's like the, it's like the Martha's Vineyard, of the Midwest, for those of you who don't know, it's Traverse city, Michigan. And, um, however, OA here is. I have to be careful. It's recorded. Um, it, it's it's not it's not LA. It's not LA. OA here is not. I'll be I'll be diplomatic. It's not LA OA. But guess what? I should stand up, but I'll probably lose my chair. Um, you know, a day at a time for the previous 20 years, my my food has been not. I can't. You know, I hate the P word. Perfect. I have been at 99% of the time. Yeah, I have inappropriate choices. Inappropriate um, choices, inappropriate portions. But um, here I am, northern Michigan, it snows 124 inches every every winter. I live on Lake Michigan, we have kayaks, I have a horse five minutes from my front door that I ride a flashy Palomino-like trigger. And um, I have a dog now, and um, I go to, guess, guess what? 10 a meeting, I'm down from six to one, because that's all we have. And, and I listen to podcasts, I listen to you, I have a sponsor back here. I wish I could have a long distance sponsor, it's hard to work that. And I'd like to sponsor people long distance from me, but it doesn't work either, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you. But you know, so 30 and a half years in Overeaters Anonymous, how do you like that? And guess what, I'm just like all of you. It is still one day at a time, that's it. And a compulsive overeater of my type, I must have structure. I must have program structure. So for an example, my, my OA daily program as I always say this is like the Olympics. I have an opening ceremony and a closing ceremony. I mean, I used to get up in the morning in the runner's blocks with the to-do list a mile long. Not anymore. I, you know, I get up, I have the structured, if you wanna know, I'll tell you after the meeting or whatever, um, I have a structured routine in the morning and I close my, my day at night. And um, I sponsor people and I go to meetings back here, I go to meeting back here rather, and um, nothing gets in the way of my following the 12 steps, hardly, 99% of the time. Like um, for an example, this current situation that, that we're in right now, I cannot screw with my abstinence. I treasure and protect my abstinence like I do um, a very valuable vase that is teetering on the edge of a table, and one flick of the finger, and I'm gone. So how do I protect my abstinence today, a day at a time living in northern Michigan? I stay off the god dang news. I have all the information I need to know right now. A worry is not an action to me. Having an opinion about how the world should run is not an action, and it does me no good to have that and get into argument with people who think differently than me. Who gives a crap what I think or what they think? You know, I don't lead the world. I don't lead the country. It's up to those people. It's their responsibility. They get paid for it. Just because I think I know what I'm talking about doesn't make it right. Um, I mind my own business. Is my house clean? Is my car clean? Are my pets cared for? Did I exercise my horse today? Um, did I you know, check on my elderly neighbors who might need me? Um, did I rescue this wild cat that I was trying to trap for a long time? Um, did I place this orphan dog that's down the street that needed a home? That I do things that are in my immediate sphere of influence. And you heard this, ladies and gentlemen, inside my hula hoop. I treasure my abstinence today. When I say abstinence, abstinence to me is way past food plan. Abstinence to me, it's in our literature. Just like our literature says in this disease, it's threefold. It is spiritual malady, it's emotional disorder, instability, and immaturity. And it is my food plan. So today, a day at a time, by the way, I abstain from being restless, irritable, discontented, full of pride, resentment, anger, gluttony, lust, envy, sloth. That sounds like a lot, it's not. And I also, you know, have a dialogue with my higher power, which I call God. I mean, I I don't get down on my knees and do formal prayers. I talk to him like I'm talking to you lot, like I'm just very informal. It's like he's it's my buddy, my pal throughout the day. And I plan my meals every day and I ask him for me to stick with him, And um, so it's really easy. It's not easy. It's it, yeah, it's very easy. If I live a 12 step way of life, nothing, nothing can take me off my 12 step path today, nothing. And I do want to tell you that the previous six years have been very difficult for me. Uh, I mean, like, like we all have trials and tribulations, right? Uh, so since I've been in program now, um, I've had some unbelievable good fortune that has befallen me. I mean, it's, I'm embarrassed to talk about it. but I have not eaten over that, and I used to eat over the good stuff, okay? And then on the flip side of that, I've had some unspeakable tragedies, that they're very painful for me to even think about. And I have not eaten over that. and did once when my brother died. So let me go down that list. The previous six years Um, My younger brother died of our disease. Then 100 days later, my mother died. And then 100 days later after that, I got diagnosed with cancer, which, by the way, is all gone right now. And then a year and a half ago, my other brother died. So um, I just got, I feel as if my tectonic plates have just completely crashed under me. I feel like a piano has dropped on me from the third floor, (laughs) splat, you know, and um, my whole footing in my life needed to be rearranged. And, you know, I look today like I did pretty much at my mother's, my brother's funeral six years ago, except the problem is when you get older, your body body changes configuration. I mean, the weight's the same, but the, the slippage, my body has a life of its own for some reason. I don't know why, but you know, but any case, um, so it's, it's, um, if I stick today, if I do today, what I did yesterday, a day at a time, um, I'll be abstinent. I will be spiritually fit, or at least I will shoot for it. I'm I'm a a total ass butthole sometimes. I'm a total jerk. I mean, I want to hold my husband's head underwater once in a while, okay? Uh, That doesn't mean I'm going to be walking on water here. I'm Mother Teresa. I'm not. I mean, I have 12 steps to pull a compulsive overeater of my type back on track. That's what, that's what makes me different from the untreated compulsive overeater out there that I was in the early 80s. I never called myself on it. I never busted myself. I never recognized what I was doing wrong. And now in program, when I'm a jerk, I know it. And um, you know, sometimes I take longer than normal to correct it. <laughs> because as one of my girlfriends says, you don't have to sit in your own doo-doo just because it's warm, Okay. But um, I like to kind of sit around in anger and kind of be ticked off. Once in a while, it's kind of fun, you know? But uh, it doesn't do me any good to, you know, really romance that and, and you know, really hang out with that, that thought process too long because I'll tell you why. It shows up on my plate. If I want to know kind, what kind of program I'm leading, I just look at my meals. That's all there is to it. Because when I'm overeating or eating inappropriate choices, that is a slip. Not a slip on my plate, it's a slip in my program. What was I not doing yesterday? What was I not doing a month ago that it's now suddenly showing up at lunchtime? Where the hell did that come from? That's as 10? Okay. Anyway, thank you. I probably won't take up 10. But so that, that is how it is for me a day. I really have to. Um, no, I'm, I want to. I am so thrilled. I love Overeaters Anonymous. I have an anchor to my life today. I have an anchor to my feelings. I know that in the past, I was like, I feel as if I'm a helium balloon right now with a very long string attached to all of you. And if I don't work the program, I'm gonna cut that damn string and I'm gonna be up in the atmosphere and you will never see me again. I know if I ever went out, where's the wood here? If I ever went out, you will never see me again. I mean, I will glow up to 300 pounds, it's in me. I mean, I have another 300 pounds in me. I don't know if I have another skinny in me, I don't know. But, you know, I do not fear dying from this disease. I don't fear dying from it. What I do fear is going back out there living in it. That is hell on earth, to live in it. And I don't mean just to be heavy. I mean, when I was thin and like 117 pounds at five foot eight or 121, I was just the worst person with, with when I weighed 262. Because as we say, it's our saying, it's one of our sayings, it's an inside job. I thought, God, I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna, I just bought a size four one day. I mean, this is you know 35 years ago. Oh my God, a four? I'm five foot eight? Holy crap. And that was a real four. Now, you know, the fours are not real fours today, but it's just a label. But, you know, I can't believe I'm most four. Well, I was just, I was, I just wasn't a different, per I was not I was the same person when I weighed a size 24. Angry, restless, irritable, discontented, nosy, couldn't mind my own business, had an opinion about everything, arrogant, judgmental, um, you know, glib above it all. I mean, that got me nothing except I painted myself into a corner of isolation, loneliness, size 24, you know, in bed or skinny and ticked off. So I just want to close early with, you know what? It's a day at a time. And a day, I know it's a day at a time for me, Northern Michigan. Oh, by the way, and I've traveled all over the world to places that I really wanted to go to in abstinence. I mean, in abstinence. I mean, I just thought, well, you know, I can do it anywhere in the world. I'm a free person. I could put an abstinent meal together in the 7-Eleven today in 10 minutes. And when I went on diets in the olden days, I couldn't go anywhere because I thought I would be triggered. I lived in isolation for so many years because I feared living that I was going to gain all that weight back that I lost. I was a prisoner and now I'm a free person. I'm a free person. I have all of you. I have a sponsor. I have a God. I have the 12 steps. I am not that autumn leaf blowing in the driveway in the autumn You know, when the wind just takes me in any direction. I have an anchor today. I am anchored to the 12 steps. And um, everything I said, by the way, is subject to change tomorrow. You know, I have very bad days. I have very bad weeks but I know that there is a God in my life and things turn out the way they're just supposed to. I just hang on there and just do my, do the deal. I do the daily routine, the daily routine. So when the doo-doo hits my fan and it hits, hits the fan in my life, I used to think I got to hurry up and get the hell out of here. Not at all. The sailors on the high seas, when they run into storms, they take down all their sails and they wait for the storm to pass. And that's what I'm doing now in the current circumstances in the world. I have a routine, a daily routine, exercise, food plan, 12 steps. I have the OOA routine every day. I'm in touch with you. I touch base with my posse, my tribe, and I can't go wrong. I mean, what goes on outside that world, outside of my home, I can do nothing about. And, you know, how dare I have the audacity and the arrogance to think that my hot doo-doo opinion about how this country should be run or the world matters to anybody except maybe me. It makes me feel good, of course, right? But it just pulls me off my track of serenity and peace. So um, I'm just so thrilled to be here and reiterate my absolute adoration for this program and how it saved my life. And it gives me a life today. I, I never imagined I mean, if somebody wrote the script for me in june of eighty nine when I came in this meeting, I would have never believed them I, I couldn't face the wonderful things that have happened in my life since then. so with that, i guess I'm going to finish and um, that's it if, I guess I ask for questions, don't I or something? Thank you so much. yeah, does certainly Well, when I first came back here thanks a good question. how do I keep my program strong and what was the transition moving from los angeles to the midwest well i was traumatized i almost had a nervous breakdown i mean going from six meetings a week surrounded by all you hip slick and cool 12 steppers and i went back here to like the sahara desert of recovery i'm going holy crap and then i was like the thinnest person in the community and i thought i had aids for god's sake you know because i mean you know i I mean i don't i shouldn't have said that but i mean it's just really difficult to be thin Mm, i can't how can i say that (laughs) Anyway, you kind of get the drift of that. But um, I came back here and I started two meetings. That's what I did, Mia. I had to keep the, um, the the I had to keep the the rapid pace of my recovery up. I couldn't go dead in the water. A couple of people told me who moved back to the Midwest do not think you're any different, and keep the momentum of your program up. So I started two additional meetings. We got up to three a week back here, and we're now back to one because um, of non-participation. And don't forget now, we have podcasts. Um, I'm in touch with a lot of people around the country now. And of course, Zoom has really, talk about a silver lining behind the cloud, my God. And um, I'm, no, it's the, the world has changed since I moved here 20 years ago. People are so accessible. I get calls from my sponsees from Los Angeles, Ohio, Um, I'm talking to people in Australia and and London. It's just not my little backyard in Lake Michigan anymore. It's global. So I don't don't ever feel out of touch whatsoever. So come on back and you and I can start chatting anyway when you get back here. So, ooh, God, that was a good one. Well, I'll tell you what I did. My brother died of our disease, right? And um, I called my sponsor. I surrounded myself with my posse I prayed and you know, I was not, I didn't go, Oh my God, my brother died. It's my fault. Why me? Why me? God? No, I got it off of myself. And I looked at my mother, my younger brother, my first brother to die. And, um, I just, it was just, you know, it just, I got to tell you, I had to break my day up into 15 minute increments, 15 minute increments. And, um, and I did I did violate my food plan one day, though I did violate it over his death. I just had to get out of the moment. I had to get out of the moment. You know sometimes I just have a suddenly moment, you know, Jim, the car salesman on page sixty two of the big book, suddenly it was a good idea, and then I think I had a donut or something, which is like, Jesus, it's like strychnine in my program, cyanide. But um, I just took the edge off of that and I, and I immediately caught myself and stopped it and said. I'm a compulsive overeater. I don't do that anymore. I don't run from my feelings. I got to face them, call them, call somebody, podcast. And, you know, it, it still hurts me. But, you know, my brother is in a better place. I know it sounds corny. My mother's followed him 100 days later. I miss them both. But um, I just, you know, what alternative do I have now? I just honor their life by just trying to be the best person I can today and being a good sister, being a good sister to my sister, who is morbidly obese on all kinds of medication and hates me. So, But um, it's up to me to be the bigger person because I'm in program and she's not. It helps me a lot. Hope that helped you.